Welcome to episode 220 Friars in the Front Podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. Happy Leo DeVries Day! <laughs> Dude, the guy had a parade. Um, he had Preller down there. He had, obviously, Chris Kemp. Um, what a day. I mean, I mean, we've been waiting for this day for quite a long time. And, and I'm sure well before that we knew that we were going to, you know, that we were going to sign him that the Padres knew. And, and so all that work that we saw, um, you know, with him with the gear and, and just working out like was long known that we had, the Padres already had a relationship with, uh, with Leo. I mean, a year ago when they signed Ethan Salas, they were already talking about next year, Leo yeah. DeVries is going to be. Becoming, and I haven't seen exactly when Leo DeVries' birthday is. Uh, somebody said he might be older than Ethan Salas. So I wonder if they already had it work out. Like, okay, we're going to sign Ethan this year. He's going to get his big bonus. And then the next year, Leo, you get your turn. But regardless, international free agent signing period opened up on January 15th. Leo DeVries was the big ticket item for the Padres. And it sounds like he's consensus the, the top talent in this year's class. And some people say he's the most talented guy they've seen coming along in a few years uh, among like, you know, position players, not including the catcher that we got last year. Yeah, right. And that says a lot because uh, Salas came absolutely as a, a can't miss prospect. And, you know, we hate putting those. Everyone hates to put those can't miss prospects. But when you put something like that on Ethan Salas and you say that this kid playing in a premium position is even better, um, it says a lot. And today, Baseball America, uh, MLB Pipeline put him as number 99 prospect. So the kid hasn't even made it stateside yet, and he's already been chosen as a 99th best prospect in uh, in baseball. Yeah, Baseball America agreed. They put him at 98. They just came out with their top 100, too. So the kid must be special. Um, I'm going to have to reserve some of my excitement until some some actual, like, right now we're going by what scouts have seen, what right. guys that right. spend time in the Dominican have laid eyes on him. There's not a whole lot of them. Um, but the people that talk to people on other teams, they share that excitement about the guy. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because so yeah. baseball America, they came out with a, an article, like why does he deserve to be in the top 100? And they were talking about, okay, the top guy from the class from Dominican or Venezuela, each of the last years, they listed out the guys, Jason Dominguez and, and this, uh, but then there's Kevin Maiton. And you're like, wait, hold on. Kevin Maiton, what happened to him? He washed out. I think he got up to double A and that was about it. He was the guy that was signed by the Braves. And then the Braves had to give him back because of their shady dealings. And then right. he got picked up by the Angels. But, you know, by the time you know, between 16 and 19, what kind of development, what kind of maturation, what kind of progress does somebody make? You don't know. So good yeah. chance this guy's really special. There's a high chance that he's going to be at least a major league contributor player five years from now, but there's also a slim chance that something goes sideways and, you know, but that's, that's player development, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the guy who I trust the most is Ben Bogler with, with baseball America. He has been down there. He has watched him play uh, several times. I think he, he posted the video. One of the videos that you see him hit as he third, you see him point Ben Bogler says that's him. After after Leo said, I'm going to hit a home run this next at-bat. I'm going to hit a home run this game. And he rounds the corner and goes, yeah. Uh, that's him okay. telling Ben Bowler that, that he did, that he hit a home run. So um, I, I'll believe what he says. And obviously, we have to believe what everyone else says. But certainly coming from Ben, uh, be eyes on the kid for an extended period of time, knows what he has. 
he has a, he has that knowledge. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how right. it goes. So the business side of it. So the signing bonus was $4.2 million. The Padres have, they had $4.65 million in their bonus pool. They had lost a million dollars because they signed Xander Bogarts, who had declined a uh, qualifying offer last year. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, after 4.2 million, they only have, what is that? Four and a half, $450,000 left to sign anybody else this full international period. Um, now signings under $10,000 don't count against that pool, but still that's, I mean, they, they, they use their whole wad on the one guy and it sounds like he really is special. Uh, they call him El Mutante, the mutant. El Mutante. Mutant. We don't have a whole lot of really good, uh, nicknames Nick- in baseball right, these days. Right. Uh, you would think that, that some, you know, that Salas would have something being so popular. I love El Mutante. I love the yeah. mutant because the kid's a beast and, um, that it is that's really cool. Okay, so we've got Ben Badler's uh his little write up here. So he says the six foot one, hundred and eighty-five pound DeBreeze uh arrives in Pro Ball with a polished offensive game. DeBreeze is a polished hitter for seventeen with significant game experience and a knack for consistently getting on base. He uses his hands well at the plate with a compact, adjustable swing that has good path through the hitting zone and enables him to cover the plate well with the low swing and miss rate. It's a mature offensive approach for his age with the ability to slow the game down at the plate, comfort using the opposite field with backspin or turning on pitches on the inner third. It's a good mix of high contact and impact with DeVries showing the bat speed and loft to drive the ball out of the park in games with potential above average power. I remind you, he's 17 years old, so 185 pounds. Who knows what that's going to look like five years from now. Um, DeVries generates plenty of attention for his offensive game, but his hand-eye coordination and a heady, instinctive play are evident at shortstop as well. He's an average runner who has the hands and actions for shortstop, along with an average arm that has a chance to take up. Some scouts think DeVries could end up at second or third base, with the offensive upside to develop into an impact player at those spots as well, but he should continue to develop at shortstop and has the athleticism that could allow him to stick there long-term. Pretty shining. That is pretty shining. It, it truly is. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he is the fully rounded athlete, does everything well, does everything at a plus level. Um, I saw that baseball or somebody already put a 60 grade on his hit tool, which for somebody who's never seen a pitch in pro ball, that's that's pretty lofty. That is pretty lofty and it's dangerous. So, you know, it brings that hype train with it. And, you know, with those fans, you know, that he just will we'll buy into it. Okay, he's 17. He'll be up at 19. He'll be, you know, a starting shortstop at, at 19 in two years. I, I don't know. But given no, no, no. the system, he'll be, you know, they've already said that he's going to be six, four to six weeks in, in the Dominican Academy, and then probably be in Arizona for spring training. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's go. I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to be on the lookout for him. I want to shout out to him. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we even start into anything else, I want to get a little housekeeping done. Please, if you like the podcast, if you like the YouTube channel, go to Apple, go to Google, go to Spotify, go to iHeartRadio, hit subscribe, give us a review. Also, follow us on X Threads and on Instagram. Like I said, we've started a new YouTube channel. I posted our interview with Mike Day, the executive assistant director, the assistant director of player development. I posted that on there plus a bunch of our other interviews that we've done over this uh, off-season. Uh, we also have new opening music, very well. Uh, Spotify is taking down all our music that we've been using, and we can't afford to pay, you know, the David Bowie estate royalties or any other 
of the music that we've been using. Um, so my, my friend's band, Video in the Trees, that opening song was Thrills by Video in the Trees. Check them out on Spotify. They're really cool. If you want to see them live here in San Diego, they're playing February 23rd at the Templin in Ocean Beach. For those of you guys here in San Diego that follow the podcast. And um, yeah, we have the new day of Friars in the Farm has begun with the YouTube channel. Obviously, we've always had interviews or Instagram. We've always had the X. Um, we're really stoked to have the YouTube channel. And as the season goes along, as it gets started, I'll be putting up all our interviews with players up in Lake Elsinore, if we do them anywhere else. Um, also, during the season, I'll probably be posting videos of, of games, of home runs, of strikeouts, of just any of the games that I can uh, that I can grab over the season and post them on our YouTube channel. Man, you are becoming a magnet of media. I got I magnet. I you know I've learned a lot of cut and paste. I've learned some cadna. I've learned how to um, you know the and the video production guys. I, I I'm doing the best I can. Um, I, I, you know, I can only watch so much YouTube and then put them out. So, um, it's the best I can do right now. As I get better, they will get better. Uh, and as, as I get better, it'll be better content. It'll just be well, Donovan is committed to bringing you all better content. Yeah. And I hope you guys like it because we dig it. All right. So let's get back to this Leo DeVries hype train. Yeah. Um, I hear he has another skill in a different type of field, a different type of athletic ability. Well, dude, and Preller, you know how many we talked to Braden Nett. He's a basketball player. A couple of the guys we've talked to uh, in the system played played pretty good basketball in high school. And DeVries is also a point guard on the basketball court. Comes from a skilled athletic background and pedigree. His father played basketball for the Dominican national team. So, you know, he goes, yeah, he's a good shortstop, but yeah, I'll get him on my pickup team in spring training. <laughs> you know, it. You know that that doesn't factor into it, but it's fun to think about it. You know, oh, what's his three-point game look like? Uh, he's 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 got long arms. I wonder how he is in the post. You know, <laughs> right? And I heard those Scout- spring training basketball games are like four in the morning. They're like it's some stupid hour. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to if you want to impress your boss, you show up early. Yeah. Okay, so this is what MLB Pipeline put on Devries. Uh, it's a very spe- well. This is the interview from the, from the the media. It's a very special day for me, DeVries said through an interpreter in a Monday morning conference call, especially with this big favorite team. It definitely makes it a special day all around for me and my family. Padres scouting director Chris Kemp noted that DeVries would spend the next few weeks in training in his native Dominican Republic at the Padres Academy, but Kemp added it's possible that the 17-year-old could join the team at the minor league spring training complex in March. From there, a quick progression would seem to be on the table. So, got afraid... He gets a little bit of the of the Ethan Salas treatment where he's in spring training, stays for a little bit extended, and then sees the affiliate. And I wouldn't be and like if he, they're going to have the same Salas treatment, I would not be surprised to see him in Fort Wayne by the end of the year. Now, yeah. so on that, I do wonder. Okay, so Salas, he's bilingual. He was actually born in the United States. Yeah, um, his family has a lot of experience in professional baseball, obviously. And he's done the whole the whole showcase circuit. He's spent a lot of time in the US. He's traveled internationally, played all over the place. I don't know if Debris has that kind of experience. So I do wonder if they're gonna if they're not gonna push him quite as fast because of the stuff off the field that he needs to learn. Right. Right. You know, because I mean obviously they've both been preparing for this day their whole life. 
but it's a little different when your family, your dad has walked the walk. You've got your older brother that's that's in a system somewhere where DeVries doesn't really bring any of that. So I, I do wonder if it's going to be a little bit more of a slow play with him. Yeah, and you're right. I wouldn't be surprised. And we would prefer if he just stayed in Lake Elsinore. If he made it to Elsinore, let him play the whole season. Let him get used to being a professional ball player. Sure, these guys have been in an academy and acting as if they're professionals since, what, 13? Um, but it is different once you go to stateside, once you get into America, once you actually start doing this as a job, even if you have great makeup, um, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to get used to that could affect him on the field. Like if he, you know, how many times do we talk about guys that can, be, you know, they only order Chipotle because that's all they can, that's all they can do. That's all they can yeah. say. Um, I mean, I've heard about players that, that lived on McDonald's because that's all that they knew how to order. Yeah. And I mean, now they have the nutrition. They have, you know, they're, they're taking care of that better with the, you know, with the, the spread that they provide. They're giving them lunch and dinner every day, which yeah. wasn't the case before, but still, um, you know, the basics things of living on your own and being away from yeah. home and all that stuff. It's, it, it, I, I feel like that part can't be emphasized enough, especially for somebody yeah. who is still a teenager. Yeah, and definitely they'll see a lot of that once he gets to stateside. And, uh, you know, at the academy, I'm sure they're going to see a lot of it. But once you get stateside and you're out in America, that let's see how he reacts and how that goes. But here's some more. Chris Kemp, immediately when we saw him, we knew it was a special talent, Kemp said at DeVries. We felt very comfortable that this was a special situation to be able to add him with Ethan Salas. We're very proud of how our whole scouting group. He loves to hit, Kemp said. You watch Leo train. He's always facing live pitching. This guy will get 30, 40 at-bats a day. He's very advanced from the left side and the right side. That's another thing we forgot to mention. He switch hits. He hits from both sides of the plate. His it's because that's a more rare thing now than yeah. it has been. Yeah. I mean, I, who Profar is the only guy I can think of that switch hits in major yeah. league yeah, you know, that I can think of. Mm-hmm. So his instincts at shortstop, that's see the leadership and taking control of the field. He can play anywhere in the infield, but he'll definitely go out to shortstop and see how long he can stick there. There was some talk that maybe long-term it would be a third base or even a uh, second base with him. Um, but that's well, just kind of chattering. When we signed Xander, obviously we lost some money internationally, Kemp said, but that was really, that really never affected Leo. There were some things in our class, whether we had to adjust or change our focus, but Leo was always our number one guy. To be able to sign Xander and still get Leo, it was definitely a huge win for the org. Now, about these past two international signings, and it harkens back to 2016, when he just signed 10 guys, uh, close to top 10 guys, and spread that money out evenly. You know, I think, you know, some of them have got more money than others. Getting one guy, like, get your can't miss guy. And know at least maybe not can't miss, but get that you know is going to have the best chance of making it to the majors, the highest value. So you do, you get your Ethan Salas and spend all your money on that guy. You get your, your Leo DeVries. You get that one guy. I see all these other teams, and and they obviously have different philosophies, different ways to think about things, but you see him signing for $1.5 million. You see him signing for a two-point, you know, kind of spreading that money out to try to gather as much talent I love the fact that targeting one guy, staying there, and then you know, and then going with the rest because every team does sign. Like we have a list down here of like fifteen, almost twenty guys that they sign um, under slow. You know, with, with the ten thousand, the money that really doesn't count. Yeah. 
So DeVries' connection with the Padres is the natural one. As he said, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and the team's Latin star power as the reason they've been his favorite team and his preferred destination. A smooth defender at shortstop, DeVries has the intangibles to stick at the position long-term. However, with an above-average glove and arm and a six-foot-two frame, DeVries' talent and work ethic could allow him to play any field, any position as he continues to develop physically. With recorded times of 4.2 seconds from home to first and a 6.7 seconds in the 60-yard dash, his plus running grade should enable him to impact the game both on the base pass, especially with recent increases in stolen bases. So, like, the way the game has changed with the pitching clock and the throwovers, you see so many stolen bases, and we're starting to get guys with some speed. Right, and so they talk about, oh, he might move off, he might move to second base, he might move to third base. That's the same thing they said about Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. And he just kept on proving that, no, he can he can be a shortstop. And he went on to become all MLB shortstop. The only reason he's not shortstop right now is because he went and got another shortstop. Right. <laughs> so, you know, this whole thing about, oh, well, you you I can't talk about what he's going to be five plus years from now because we don't know. He's six foot two. Right now, he might add a couple inches. He's 180 pounds. Is he going to add 20 or 30 pounds, or is he going to add more than that? Yeah, right. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, six to it at 17 years old, still got room to grow. And- oh yeah, I I was definitely not done growing at 17. <laughs> okay, I'm so- still growing out. That's the <laughs> yeah, problem that's- now, though. I stopped growing up, and now I'm growing too. <laughs> it's, it's it's anyways. Also raved about DeVries' makeup and natural leadership abilities. Quote, I think I'm a leader above all, DeVries said. I think I can help my teammates and, most importantly, help the city of San Diego win a World Series. Oh, music to our ears right there. Yes. And he said, I, in a different quote, he said that, that the Padres were his favorite team. Yeah. I'm sure that's because he's had this relationship with them for the last, what, four, five, six years, I'm yeah. sure. And so it's a little bit like of window Fernando. dressing. Yeah, but you watch guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., and everyone loves Manny. Uh, you know, all the kids love Manny. It uh, doesn't matter right. if you're a Padre fan or if you're, if you're a baseball fan, you love Manny Machado. For sure, for sure. Okay, so Leo DeVries isn't the only guy the Padres have signed. There is a list, as you said, there's a list of, gosh, I don't know, 15, 20 people on Baseball yeah. America that they've, they've got this updated tracker. Um, so Matt Friars spoke out. They said, obviously, DeVries is the headline today, but the Padres' long connection to Diablos Rojos continues to pay off as the deal with right-handed pitcher Humberto Cruz, widely seen as the best Mexican pitcher in this year's class, becomes official as well. The 17-year-old should begin stateside. And then there was a write-up here. As a 16-year-old pitching in the U18 World Cup last year, Cruz held South Korea to one run over four innings with no walks and two strikeouts against the eventual bronze medalist. Cruz pounds the strike zone with a fastball that has reached 93 miles an hour, showing the arm speed and physical projection left in his 6'2 frame for his velocity to continue ticking up. With feel for both a curveball and a changeup, Cruz has the combination of stuff and pitchability to project as a starter. So you don't hear a whole lot of 17-year-olds with a changeup. I mean, Dylan Lesko right. was one in high school, but that's pretty uncommon. Uh, you know, we talked to guys that were college draftees and they come into pro ball and then they're just trying to learn how to throw a change up. Um, so baseball America lists these guys out by their bonus. They don't put the number out there, but we know that debris got 4.2 out of the 4.65 million. So Cruz, you got to figure he probably got a couple hundred thousand at least. Yeah. The names after that, Yanni Tovar, 
Clay Winkler uh, from Curacao, Kevin Tamburini, but Clay Winkler, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So they, so I saw a picture tweeted out. Apparently he's gotten pretty big. He's six foot two, pretty yoked looking dude, but he was a little league world series hero for the team Curacao a few years ago. There's a, a clip out there. Right? Yeah. 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 He hit a grand slam in the little league world series and just, just, Bounding with enthusiasm of a 12 year old. And now here it is five years later. And, uh, now he's a San Diego Padre. God, you know, and he's a man child. I haven't seen the video of, of him as a 12 year old, but not too many of those kids are that big. I and mean, there's a couple are like, that's a anomaly. Uh, but you see him now and you see like he is a specimen. He, he is. is. Yeah. No, the 12 year old version of him, he fit in with all the other kids on the field. He looked like just another 12-year-old kid, right. but he had that sweet little cut and just connected on it, planted it way over the fence and ran around the place going wild as everybody was pouring out of the dugout. Oh, I love the Little League World Series. Absolutely. Well, you know, to go back to uh, the uh, Cruz, you know, the, the the owner of the Diablo Rojos is a partial owner of the Padres, He's a minority owner for the Padres. So there's yes. the connection with, with the Diablos. Um, Luis Urias came up through the Diablos. Like we have a connection with that professional team that has subsequent levels of academy of players, you know, and, and lower parts of the system where it's almost their minor leagues is the academy. And occasionally we pick from that. Yeah. Alfredo Harpelu. Um, yeah. And it, it, I, I'd like to think that that had something to do with why the Padres and the Giants went down there to play that series in Mexico City. And it was, it was like playing baseball on the moon, but it sure was fun for a weekend. It was fun, and it really threw us for a loop. We're like, oh, my God, we're going to be unbeatable. Woof. All right. All right, so, so we, got some we sad- have a whole bunch of articles down here, but before we get yeah. to that, we got a little bit of transaction business to take care of. So read off our first uh, our first piece of news here. Well, the first piece of news is Noel Vela announces retirement. Uh, he was drafted in the 25th round in 2017, made it as far as San Antonio. We talked to him a bunch of times. We talked about him a bunch of times here on Friars in the Farm. And this just last year, he struggled to stay healthy. And, you know, I think even when you're that young at 25, uh, I think he's 25 at 26, um, it's time to hang it up. And, and you hate to see it because when he pitched, he pitched well. Um, he would have these just outstanding games and you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then, you know, the injuries happened and really he spent an entire, this entire 2023, uh, at the complex, just trying to get well with all the luck. We're still going to follow him. Uh, but yeah, he's onto his next chapter. Yeah. 2022. We all thought that he was going to be one of those guys, like maybe second half of 23, he might be pushing for a job. Um, so yeah, I just looked it up. He just turned 25 last December. So that's, that's awful early to be hanging him up, but you know, uh, the, the game tells you when it's time to move on. So, so happy trails, Noel Vela. Um, so there have been some, some transactions on the Padres side uh, recently. This, these all happened at the end of December. We just haven't had a chance to, to catch up on them. Uh, the Padres signed free agent catcher, Kevin Ploiecki, left-handed pitcher, uh, Daniel Camarena, Grand Slamarena, uh, center fielder Oscar Mercado, and outfielder Bryce Johnson to minor league contracts, and they were all assigned to the El Paso Chihuahuas. Uh, three of those guys have prior time with the Padres. Both yeah. Mercado and Ploiecki spent time with the Chihuahuas late last season. Um, you know, short little stints brought in on a short term contract. Let's see how you do. Uh, Mercado moved on and went to the 
signed a minor league deal with the Dodgers, never made it up. Uh, but he has quite a bit of time with the Guardians early in his career, had plenty of power, used to have some speed. I don't know how much the speed is, is still there, uh, but he can definitely go get it in center field. I'd like to think that he's going to be pushing for a job if they don't yeah. you know, make a whole bunch of additions in the outfield. Um, and then Daniel Camarena, he came up, made a couple of spots back in the day, hit that grand slam off Max Scherzer. So, you know, just by that alone, he, pr- he shouldn't be buying a drink in this town anytime soon. No, and he also spent a lot of last year almost entirely, I think entirely in, in San Antonio. So I don't think he yeah. saw AAA to maybe, I'm not even sure if he saw AAA last year. Yeah, yeah. But you know, depth, you got to have, yeah. got to have lots of depth. And yeah. then Bryce Johnson, um, he's listed as center field, right field, left field. So he's got plenty of speed. He came up with the Giants in 2022 and 2023. Um, sounds like he's kind of your foray. And not to knock, not to, I, I don't mean to, to sell right. the guy low, but he's hit well in AAA the last two years. In the time he's had in the, in the majors, hasn't hit all that great. Doesn't profile for the kind of power. Sounds like he's just kind of a speed and contact kind of guy, but, and that was Jose uh, Azokar, and he's become a contributing member. So you never know. So, Johnson, all four of those, uh, well, all three of those guys bat righty. Uh, Camarena bats lefty, if you do recall. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a chance to bat. Um, power. I, I can't help but look at the Padres roster and see how righty heavy everything is. They've got yeah. a whole bunch of righty bats, only a couple of lefties on the current roster. They've got a whole bunch of righty arms, especially on the starting pitching side. Uh, so I'm waiting for them to make a couple of moves to add something to it. And they will like, and once again, they, they will patience is the order of the day. When you only have so much money, you want to make sure that you spend it wisely. And Preller, I, and I love this. I said this last time, like, I, I love that he's waiting to do waiting to strike, waiting till players are like, all right, I need a job. Um, waiting to organizations to go, okay. So instead of picking that guy, we'll take that guy from your system and you can an outfielder or a pitcher. Um, I, like I said, again, I don't think I see brothers selling too many of, too many of the high prospects, you know, the high level prospects. I think he might go with quantity with maybe a, maybe one of the top six. I'm not sure, but I, I just see that he might, he brother's going to preller. And, and I think he's going to surprise everyone with the moves he makes and that we're going to go like, huh? Okay. Why do we always doubt this guy? But Donovan, I want it now. No, don't right. care how I want I, it now. I want to outfield the now, Daddy. I want to outfield the now. I need starting pitching, Daddy. That's right. All right, brother. Uh, the so pitching. One, so <laughs> one last little minor league tidbit. And Kevin Charity, I don't know where he looked this up, where he noticed this. Joshua Mears is listed as a pitcher now. Hell yeah, let's go. I guess so. You know, yeah. I mean, we've been we've been watching him. Like the power is unreal, yeah. but the strikeout rate. Will not come down. And we yeah. keep going, well, if you can get the strikeout rate down, well, now we want to get the strikeout rate up because he's on the other side of it. Right, right. That's interesting. And I don't know if that's um, – I don't know why that is. It's so interesting that they do that. But, you know, the Padres have done that before. And, and they've they've had guys transition to pitching. And the one that really stands out to me is – is it Lugo? Is it Lugo that, that's transitioned? Um, no, no, no. Uh, he's, he's pitching in AAA, right? Um, not Matos, Matos. Um, but he's done well in AAA out of the bullpen, throwing gas. Moises Lugo? No, he was. He's been a pitcher the whole time. 
I think. Okay. Now, you, know, now had, you got we, me intrigued. Right. Well, now we, we had someone transition from, from position so, player okay. to pitcher. So there was Javi Guerra, shortstop, yeah. and he came up. You know, he's been actually a decent major leaguer for several years now. Um, and then, gosh, there was another shortstop. It just trained, uh, Justin Lopez. They tried to okay. convert him. I don't know how well that worked out, but they wound up releasing him after last year. Um, and then, oh gosh, there was an infielder that they converted, and then he stuck around for a long time. And as of yeah. last year, he was the longest tenured Padre, and his name is evading me. Um, right. But he's still anyway. in our system. He's still pitching, and he did, for some reason, I think he did really well last year. Well, regardless, it's this is what happens to be when continued. you have a player – and you get to the point where it's like, okay, we don't know what else to do with this guy, but all I know is from the outfield, he's got an absolute cannon, and he seems to be pretty accurate with his arm, so maybe if we get him on the mound, something. And so, like, they talk about when Javi Guerra, when they first got him up on the mound, and he's just standing there, like, not even looking like he's working hard, and it's easy 96 with tons of arm side run, yeah. and they're like, okay, here, here's how you grip a slider. Okay, here, rips one, and it's like, a foot and a half, a horizontal break, like not even trying like, okay, we got something. So, but they have exclusive rights to these guys for the first seven years of their minor league career. So yeah. it's either we figure out something else to do with him. We can't, yeah, or, or we release him. And then you run the risk of some other team picking him up and finding, you know, finding one man's trash is another man's treasure. Not to use, right. you know, that's to say that anybody's trash. Um, but you know, Joshua Mears, it, it sounds like the worth it. Work ethic's always been there. He's been busting yeah. his butt trying to figure this out, so now he's got a new challenge. Yeah, I would love to be at Fantasy Camp right now to, and see if he's throwing a bullpen out there because every the Fantasy Camp is going on right now, and they have the strength camp out there, and you guys are throwing bullpens. You guys are hit, hitting BP in the cage. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll 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 report back. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're driving me nuts trying to think of who that guy was. And I always I- thought it was Lugo. Uh, no, no, he's okay. been a pitcher his whole career. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on. Okay. So MLB pipeline, we got a bunch of articles to catch up on. We've got time to talk to you today because we don't have an, we've already pumped out a couple of art of uh, interviews. Um, so MLB pipeline, one prospect from each organization that will have a breakout season. And this pick really surprised me. He selected JD Gonzalez catcher. Uh, the Padres number 24 prospect right now on their list. Gonzalez became the first Puerto Rican catcher drafted in the top 10 rounds since 2017 when he went to the Padres in the third round late last July. Um, his power potential and plus arm strength give him some interesting straights heading into his first full season. San Diego knows how to develop backstops too with Ethan Salas, Brandon Valenzuela, Lamar King Jr., also among his top 30 prospects. So even if 2024 is just about setting a strong foundation for Gonzalez, who missed time with a knee injury last spring, yeah. that might be enough to increase his stock going into 25. So I found that really interesting. He's a high school catcher that was kind of unknown, uh, you know, to the, the prospect writers. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like the guy's got some serious ability. He was out there at the, the, the combine. Um, yeah. And because of the knee, he was taking things ginger, but they could see that the power was there. And the arm was absolutely there. Uh, I think it was uh, Carlos Colazzo that we were talking to with Baseball America that um, gave us a little bit of insight into that. So interesting pick there. Yeah, definitely. And if he probably wouldn't have been injured, we, we should have seen him this last year. We should have seen him uh, with some time in Elsinore. But, you know, 
the Preller and, and their organization take their time on guys that are injured. Like, they don't need to bring him up. They brought Ethan up. Did you find him? Carlos Belen. Yeah, it's my boy. Carlos Belen. He was, okay, so I'm going to his baseball America, uh, his baseball reference here. Uh, he was a third baseman, a little bit of first base through 2018. And then they converted him to pitching. And he's been with the Padres ever since. I don't know if he's coming back for a return trip this year. Uh, he's been pitching for the Estrellas in the Dominican Winter League this winter. Okay. You know who did come back? And I saw yesterday Chandler Cedar signing with the Padres. Minor league contract. Oh, great news. All right. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. He, he posted on Instagram. I said, great to be back with the Padres for 2024. I DM'd him back like, let's go. Uh, he's like, damn right. So let's go, Chandler Siegel. Okay, cool. So what I do is I check the uh, the transaction logs. Okay. Um, if I go on like on the Tin Caps webpage, they've got their transaction link, and it shows every move in the Padres organization for that month. Um, and a lot of these things, like so Chandler knows that this is going to happen. He's already whatever filed the paperwork. Probably takes a few days for all of that to post. So it hasn't hit the transaction logs yet. Uh, Happy to see Chandler Siegel back with the organization. Maybe he'll, that cup of coffee, maybe he'll get another splash on that cup of coffee. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. So, okay, so let's move on. So MLB Pipeline uh, has written their prospects that they expect to see in 24. And for the Padres, uh, the MLB Pipeline guys chose Jackson Merrill. Merrill has an above-average hitter at both high A and double A in his age 20 season while continuing to learn his strengths of pulling the ball and putting the ball in play. His 21.1% K rate was ninth lowest among minor leaguers with at least 500 plate appearances. Turning that into more consistent in-game power will be a key decider if his value at the plate, in his value at the plate. But it wouldn't shock to see him push for San Diego as a 21-year-old, causing the Padres to either move him out or Xander Bogarts off short. That's, that's some fire saying moving Xander off short. I really see him probably moving out to the outfield. It'll probably be the way he makes it to the majors this next season, uh, unless there's well, an injury. Yeah, with this year's infield, it's kind of hard you know, to see with playing time, assuming everybody's healthy. But yeah, guys don't stay healthy. You know, I mean, last year, lots of guys missed a little bit of time. And, and Bogarts was an Iron Man, but he was playing through some injury. Uh, and Machado missed some time. So yeah. you never know where an opportunity is going to open up. Uh, but they keep talking about it's. It seems like not if Bogarts is going to move off short, but when. When um, I've even heard some talk like if him and Kim are on the same roster this year, does it make sense to to, to flip flop them? That Kim has more range and a stronger arm, and, and he's as steady of a fielder as Bogarts. They, what Bogarts brought last year was consistency. Yeah, every ball that he got to, he made the play. It was rare to see him boot a ball. Or I or the, you know footwork or anything like that. Yeah. He's as steady as they get. Um, I, I I don't know. You know I we we will see Jackson Merrill at some yeah. point this year, one way or another. It's it's going to happen. Yeah, Merrill Madness is coming to MLB. Yes, it is. Okay, so next, Sam Dykstra from MLB Pipeline wrote an article about these six farm systems improved the most in 2023. But wait, I thought the Padres traded away their entire farm to get Juan Soto. That's what everybody right. keeps harping back to, right. right? Right. Well, no. Okay, the Padres. We mentioned Salas' status as breakout prospect of the year up top, and it's worth noting that left-hander Robbie Snelling was the runner-up for pitching prospect of the year with his 1.82 ERA and 118 strikeouts 
in 103 two-thirds innings across three levels. I feel like we've said those numbers 50 times this year. At least 50 times. The addition of right-hander Drew Thorpe, the actual pitching prospect winner in the Juan Soto trade, puts San Diego in a tie for the most top 100 prospects with six total. That's notable on its own, and you can bet that fact will help the Padres climb higher than their spot in ninth in the midseason rankings. But what really kicked San Diego up a notch was the quality of 2022 draft class. Snelling and Dylan Lesko were already top talents, but Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy, and Nathan Martarella proved to be forces too and will be must-follows moving forward. So much for the original Soto trade wrecking the system. system. So so I guess you could say that the second Soto trade kind of helped bring some of that back. You got Drew Thorpe, but you also got a couple of guys in the back end of the rotation that I think they still count under under rookie – status Um, and so they are part of the farm air quotes and this was before they picked up leo dallas devries so everybody knew that he was coming but they can't you know they can't write about it because the ink hasn't dried yet so now padres rising on up you know with that with with devries adding to the hundred i wonder whenever i just didn't stop it didn't go down so at 99 that gives us seven in the top 100 yeah let's keep on going Give me you eight. Know, Do I hear two, nine? Two years, like like the 2022 draft was just heavy. Paulie was a 12th rounder, the 13th rounder. Like he was an afterthought. And, you know, we didn't put it in the agenda. We're going to have it on next week. Uh, he had a pretty good interview with Fangraphs. And he talks about his hitting philosophy and what he's done. And the kid is a workhorse. The kid wants to get better, is working at getting better. And I just, I, I was so pumped when I, when I read that article, I'm like we should put it on the agenda, but we already had so much. So next week we're going to have that, the interview with him with fan graphs and it gets very in depth in what he's done with his swing. Yeah. And he even gave some kudos to the Padres, uh, you know, that the Padres helped him. So you know, player yeah. development, people like to dog on, on that whole side of it. But I think we're about to see with all three of those guys that the Padres have figured out this part about how to actually you know, finish developing a minor league player. Yeah, I, I think I think that criticism isn't is maybe a little a little warranted, but not it's not as heavy as as they think it is. Because if you look at all these other, you know, all these other uh, things that come out on MLB Pipeline on 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 Baseball America, and it's how many how many drafted players make it to the majors. Well, they don't necessarily make it with the Padres, but when they get traded, they make it to the majors, and we draft. And the Padres drafted him. So, you know, um, it's much to be said about other organizations and their player development, but you got to get them in the system to get them to the majors. And that's what we do well. Um, we just have a couple of years taking that excess talent and getting certified major leaguers to help the ball club. Right. So I'm doing my, my due diligence on the Carlos Belen ref, uh, uh, re- referencing. Um, he's currently a minor league free agent. So okay. I don't know if he's continuing his baseball career, if he's looking for work stateside, or if he's just having fun pitching in Dominican right now and and fancy free and foot loose. Uh, but I'd I'd love to see him come back just to keep the just to keep the chain going. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times those guys know that they're going to resign with the team and they just haven't done it, or you know they're just going to wait like, hey, let me get through the season and we'll we'll go back. I think that happens with every organization. Like there's a lot of. There's a lot of time still, even with with pitchers and catchers reporting, you know, in the next almost a little over three weeks, um, that even the Padres and Dodgers have plenty of time to sign minor league guys and add them to the roster and get them in there. 
So, like, there's plenty of time, and there's still plenty of time to get a couple of outfielders, some guys on the on the rotation. Like, we keep worrying. We're so used to having it, the automatic gratification that we've had so so much this last year. Oh, Preller traded for this guy. Preller traded for that guy. Oh, we signed that guy. We're so used, even only after a couple of I mean, what was only, what, five years ago that we signed? Was it six years ago that we signed Will Myers? Or was it? Was it? Oh, that was, was 2007? 15. Hosmer was 2018. Okay. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Five years. And five That's how years. long we've been doing the podcast. Right, right. But I'm just, you know, so, you know, these other organizations, like, that, you know, it's just like we need to relax. Just let Preller have his, have his way. Let him do right. it. That's what they do so, for a living. No, you're right. Every year it's been something big, something big, yeah. big, 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 big. It was the the Snell trade and the the Darvish trade and the Musgrove trade all in the same offseason. And then the standard Bogarts. I mean, huge, huge deals. Now they need to fill in the margins. They need yeah. to, to work around the side. So, okay, so one name that has been kicked around, I want to see what you think, Joey Votto. I would have that guy on the podcast. I would have him on the on the team just just for the content, just for the just for his. And look what he got. You know, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. What he what he tweet what he tweeted about being a free agent. Um, left-handed bat plays first base. Um, yeah, put him in a lineup like ours, like the Padres, and you know you might see an uptick in average. You might see an uptick in power. Like he can be pitched around and sure he's gotten a little bit long in the tooth. Sure. He's, you know, on the way out. And that's what the Padres do so well as they, for years, we've signed the guys on the way out the door, but this is the guy I would love to have just to have him, just have him in the dugout, just to have him show the young kids that are coming up, how it gets done and to not take yourself so seriously, get your work in, do your work, get it done. But like at the end of the day, just have fun. And that's what I think. He has really embraced in the past five or six years is is just have fun. Yeah, and, and in between, you know, when he knows he's not going to be playing that day, he can put on the headset and stand on the rail at the end like Blake Snell's he been Blake doing. Snell, right, right. Yeah, and he can ham it up with Don and Mutt. Yeah, and I think that you know that gives time for guys like Nathan Mortarella to 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 have a full year, if not three quarters of a year, you know, whatever it takes, depending on how the season goes, to continue up. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I would love to see it. I apparently he's he was dealing with some I don't know if it was a shoulder injury. There was something that was holding him back last year. He was pretty good the year before. So yeah. if he would be willing to come over on a deal that's short term and maybe a couple million bucks, I'd say go for it. Yeah, some incentives, some played appearance uh, incentives, innings pitched or not innings pitched, but innings played. Uh, you know, some like show me deal and let him finish out his career here. All right, but yeah. talk about finishing out your career. Let's talk about sleepers now. Yeah, let's, well, <clears throat> let's go back to the start, starting their career. Let's starting the major right, league. Let's career. go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the guys coming up. So, Kyle Glazer came up with one MLB sleeper prospect for each organization, and that sleeper prospect was someone that we talk about a lot, Ryan Berger. So, Berger had a chance to go into the top three rounds in 2021 draft out of West Virginia, but fell to the Padres in the sixth round after he had Tommy John surgery and missed the season. He showed loud stuff in his first year back and regained his command in the field in 2023, leading to a 2.73 ERA with 126 strikeouts in 105 innings across high A and double A. 
With his stuff, durability, and command growing each year he moves away from the surgery, Bruger has a chance to take another jump in 2024. And I've said this before on the podcast, I certainly think this is highly probable he could be a starter out of spring training, if not out of spring training, after a few weeks in in El Paso when we need a spot start or we need to rest someone like he that comes up first. I really think he can be one of the guys that come up first. That's that's bold. I had, you know, it's being these, he's got a half season in, in double A, uh, but everybody loves to talk about, about Iriarte and Mazur and Snelling and Lesko, but don't overlook Ryan Berger. He, he put in the work and I think he passed up a lot of guys last year just, yeah. just by consistently doing what he does. Um, you know, and he has a little bit of experience. He has a, another year on top of, uh, you know, ahead of where Snelling's at. Um, so next. MLB Pipeline are running their top 10 every position. This is uh, First up was the top 10 right-handed pitchers. And at number nine, they had Dylan Lesko. So it, they give his curveball a 55. They say his upper 70s breaker will get more consistent the more he's on the mound post-Tommy John surgery and it registers high spin rates. His changeup they listed as a 70 on the 20 Woo! to 80 grade scale. That's about as high a change-up grade you're going to see them give somebody. Yeah. Pro hitters have yet to see the best Lesko has to offer here, and they better watch out. It was arguably the best of his draft class, thrown with separation and two-plane movement. It's a pitch that can make hitters look silly, and he should continue to regain full feel for it with his surgery and his rear view. So the most to prove, they also chose Lesko for that. Uh, keep his spot warm for for. Uh, for Painter next year, but Lesko has huge expectations coming into 2024. He threw his first 33 professional innings last year post-TJ, and the stuff was exciting, even though he was understandably rusty. The gloves should come off this season, and he really could take off. So durability, obviously, 33 innings is not a ton. So this year, maybe expect 50 or 60 innings. Anything more than that will be gravy. But the command is they, they say that's the yeah. last thing to come back. Yeah. So that's what I expect to see this year, that – the inconsistency that he had going through a start, pitch to pitch, inning to inning, game to game, that'll start to to become a little bit better this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely see him as the number one starter. He's opening day starter in, in Fort Wayne this year. I definitely will see that. 50 or 60, I think they might push him a little bit farther than that. Um, but we'll see how many starts, you know, a bunch of those guys were on pitch limits last year. He was. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he went a little more than, than 50, I, I would say 60. That's about what that's, uh, it's about 20, 25 starts. I think. Yeah. It, I, I just, I, I get it in my mind. They, they say that you want to go about 30 innings more each year, but yeah. I know that it's different for everybody. It's a sliding scale and that's okay. So we see the 33 professional innings, but that doesn't include all the bullpen, all the right. side work, all the other stuff. And mm-hmm. I know that the Padres count all of that stuff. Like you have to yeah. grade bullpen pitches don't have the same um, same stress that game pitches have. But you know what kind of effort are you putting into it? All of that counts. So that's why they've got those sleeves that they wear that they measure all the biometrics and all that. I don't know how they keep track of all that stuff, but it's fascinating. I don't know, and I really, you know, and that's the thing. There's no rush. Like he has the most to prove because there's expectations. And I think that's them putting expectations on him. Like the Padres have a plan for him. There's no rush. We have a bunch of those pitchers that, you know, we have a bunch of our guys that took huge steps this year. We expect that to happen to him, but there's no need to rush him up to double a, but I, I, I say that and I say, I probably wouldn't be surprised if he made double a by the end of last year. 
next year. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, I. That's definitely in range. And you saw Snelling wound up in in Double A at the end of the year. Uh, and yeah. Bazer was there half the season. I mean, they as aggressive as the Padres are. Um, it, it, at least they want to bump them up and give them a test. Uh, yeah. You you always talk about adversity. Um, they want to see these guys struggle a little bit. So you know maybe if, if guys seem to good pitchers seem to dominate like Elsinore. It's a pitcher's ballpark, yeah. and for whatever reason, the good pitchers that show up there just mow guys down. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I, mm. I I hope selfishly, I hope he comes back to Lake Elsinore because I want to see him. Just like DeVries, you're like, let DeVries spend the rest of the season in Lake Elsinore. Yeah. I, not necessarily because that's the best thing for him developmentally, because I want to watch the guy. I wanted to see more of Ethan Salas. I'm not mad that he got to go all the way up to double A, but I wanted to get up there another couple times and watch him a couple more. Yeah, I definitely have a better plan for this next season to get video with the YouTube channel. I'm going to get a lot more video on my camera and on my phone of the side of the side swings uh, from both sides of the plate. Um, I plan on doing a lot more video taking uh, the interviews obviously will be in video, but I'm going to focus on the video content to take a bunch of pictures. Cause I did, I took a bunch of pictures um, and it's going to be like, yeah, we're going to, and the longer he's there, the more video and the more chances I'm going to have to be able to talk to him. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be all that. They're all that long, but you know, get what you can. Right, right. <laughs> all, right all right. So I think that's about all we've got this week. Um, now, hopefully, next time we speak, there's going to be some roster moves and some fancy, fun transactions. Uh, but in the meantime, all we can do is sit and wait and stare out the window and wait for spring to come, wait right? For spring, right. And apparently, all right. Well, until month. next week. You can find me. So hit us up on YouTube. Hit us up on Instagram, yep. on threads, everywhere you can find us. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, but if you're on Twitter, you can find me. I'm at Zippy underscore TMS. And you can find me at SD Donovan. Let's go, DeVries. Yes, DeVries. Yeah, happy DeVries Day. Happy DeVries Day.